Hi, and welcome to Beyond the IPLS Classroom. I'm your host, Stacey Roberts. In this episode, why is being digital literate more important now than ever? I will be talking to Danny Nicholson around digital literacy. We will focus on why it is more important now than it has ever been, what digital literacy actually means, and how you can both develop your own and your students' digital literacy skills. Danny will give advice on your digital footprint and some handy tips to develop digital literacy skills in your classrooms, whether that be face-to-face or online. Danny Nicholson has over 20 years teaching and training experience and has delivered training in primary, secondary and special schools all over the UK and overseas, as well as colleges and universities. He delivers teacher training in computing and science to teachers who are about to go into classrooms for the first time. Danny has also written numerous textbooks and training materials for science and ICT and has worked on the IPLS computing curriculum and authored the IPLS computing professional development module. So thank you for joining me, Danny. Um, You have written some uh, PD modules for us uh, around computing for I-primary and I-lower secondary um, and it's it's become more prevalent now, obviously, that we've, we've turned into um, kind of working and learning and teaching online Um, and we hear the term digital literacy or digital uh, literate uh, being banded around quite a lot. Can you just kind of give us kind of a a brief definition or kind of what what is digital literacy? Sure Um, I mean there's there's various meanings looking around online I think you'll find sort of quite a few different uh, exactly on the meaning of of digital literacy. Uh, my, My take is it's it's being able to engage with the technology, so being able to use it effectively. So it's more than just being good with computers. Um, there's a critical element, so there's a critical thinking element to it as well, I think. So um, it's being able to communicate, uh, represent information that you find online, um, to uh, relate that to different contexts and to different audiences. It can involve finding and selecting relevant information and evaluating the stuff that you are finding online. Um, and also it's sort of creating new content and repurposing it. So mashing it up, remixing it with other content. So it is audio, video, animations, um, text and, and so on. Yeah. And I think probably a few years ago, it was, it was just about how to use Microsoft Word or Excel. Um, yeah, so it's it's come a long way since then. So why is it relevant today, uh, more relevant today than it was a few years ago? I mean, we're in a you know increasingly digital world these days. We're encouraged, uh, even expected to go online. Um, more and more of what we do every day is going online. I mean, just taking the past sort of few weeks um, in a whole new world of COVID, I've had to book a vaccination, order some testing kits, um, record my health every day, pay for the parking when I'm going there, and all done via websites and apps via the government or local council or, or, or elsewhere. Um, it's hard to escape the online world these days. And um, I mean, as we've shown in terms of online learning, it's important for teachers um, and uh, students to know how to teach and how to learn online. We're communicating via screens. Um, we're sharing the things we do via computers and phones. We've all had a crash course in online tools um, using to collaborate and to work together um, without meeting in person. I think we're all very much uh, au fait with Zoom and Teams and yeah. Google Meet these days. <laughs> it's, it's hard to avoid. Um, it affects the way we learn, the way we shop. Um, it's the way we're getting information about uh, health services and government services and so on. I mean, 
it's, it's very much an online world. And this year has really given us that kind of crash course in, in, in why digital is, is kind of vital these days. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the amount of online shopping that I've done over the last year alone, I don't think I would have um, been able to have done it if I've not had experience or kind of used all the te- that technology available to us. That's um, right. So thinking of kind of in the classroom and or on the in the online classroom now, uh, why do teachers need to be digitally literate? So we've got an expectation that the students are digitally literate. So that kind of means that the teachers are going to need to be as well. Um, the teachers need to be able to plan, uh, teach their lessons to allow students to explore different digital tools and extend their own knowledge. Uh, the teachers don't need to be experts themselves. They need to be able to see the value of the tools um, and choose the correct tools for particular lesson activities. Um, we've seen, as I said, uh, the benefits of being able to deliver live lessons via tools such as Google Meet and Zoom and Teams, uh, or with benefits of recording chunks of a lesson to be delivered at a time that's convenient to students. So the sort of asynchronous lessons where you, you might deliver something that's not live, but later on the students can access it. So it's good as a mm-hmm. teacher to be comfortable in using those tools, um, as well as bringing in other tools like webcams and visualizers and online whiteboards and maybe sharing screens and, and so on. So as a teacher, it's good to have that understanding of how to uh, create and share digital content to your colleagues and to students. Uh, you're not supposed to be a YouTube star, but being able to do the basics is is useful. We also, you know, in terms of digital literate, we, we need to be aware of our own digital footprint. A lot of people are on social media, teachers are on social media, and um, you need to be aware of how your social media posts are going to look to others. Parents are going to look you up on, on, on um, social media sites, students as well. So it's being aware of how to lock down your profiles and maybe having separate work and personal accounts with different sharing settings and just very, being very much aware of your, your footprint and what you share online and the images and the comments that you share is going to be um, good for teachers to model appropriate behaviour they expect their students to follow as well in the future. Yeah, definitely. I think the over the last kind of few months, my, my digital literacy skills have kind of skyrocketed, one with creating this podcast, um, but then creating a lot of PD content that can be delivered online and utilising all of those uh, tools. Um, and yeah, social media is, is absolutely fantastic, but we also do need to be aware. And I think even I now have kind of switched into the kind of professional social media uh, mode. Mm, yeah. So students are kind of working with a lot of digital content. Why why do we need them to be digitally literate? I mean, children today are bombarded with digital information. It's an increasingly important role in their lives. The digital literacy is going to be important in their personal lives. It's going to be in their work lives. They are um, increasingly likely to be accessing media um, on a you know, wide variety of technologies, so streaming TV shows, movies, uh, streaming music, watching videos on sites like YouTube and, and TikTok. Uh, my daughter's four and already she's she's quite keen on, on YouTube kids and watching you know, for a little treat, half an hour, you know, 20 minutes of YouTube <laughs> kids to watch few videos. And she's watching some bizarre stuff in, in Spanish and Russian and, and, and all over the place. So it's 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 kind of big, having her aware of what's going on and me being aware of the parental yep. controls as well is kind of interesting. Uh, a lot of kids are going to be playing uh, streaming computer games online. The streaming side of things was kind of bizarre. They're watching other people playing games, which I still can't quite get my head around. Yeah, but <laughs> no, me neither. I mean, games like Minecraft and Fortnite, um, they've got to be aware of the risks of sharing in the online space, how to mitigate those risks and how to do it safely. Again, they all want to be a, a TikTok star or a, or a Twitch star. They want to sort of you know, be out there, but also be trying to do that safely. 
as I said before, social media, I mean, it's increasingly important. Um, sites like um, TikTok and Snapchat and Instagram are kind of places there on... Uh, talking to students facebook and twitter seems to be just for us oldies they don't tend to go into those but definitely tiktok and tiktok <laughs> no. snapchat and instagram seems to be where it's at for the moment and then maybe twitch as well so i mean they're, they're out there they're using um these tools to create in a in a your average phone you know you've got a powerful tool for video for audio for animation for photography you can create loads of content and then remix and mash up other people's contents um, and share it online if you look at again some of the things people are doing on sites like tiktok where they're mashing up videos and adding their own stuff to it and then constantly sort of chopping and changing it there's a lot of tech it's in your hand. It's kind of really important. I and mean, I can remember the days where you had phones were called camera phones, which was like it was a big thing. Yep. <laughs> you know, I mean, every phone has a camera now. It's kind of bizarre. Um, so with everything like this um, in mind, you've got to be able to operate it competently and safely. So they've got to be aware of the risks um, of things like copyright and fair use. They've got to be aware of um, the importance of the digital footprint. Things that they say online can come back and cause some problems in later life. And people have found that down the line in terms of job interviews and stuff where their previous uh, online records and tweets and so on have, have come back to haunt them. And, and also, I mean, yeah, the creative industry to, to the UK and, and elsewhere is incredibly important. As a society, we need the people to be making these TV shows, making the movies, making the radio shows, making the podcasts and the computer games. So hopefully if we get our young children playing with these skills and exploring these skills, we're hopefully going to ignite a little spark that might lead to the next Steven Spielberg or the next uh, Greta Gerwig and movie makers and, and the creative talent out there. Yeah, I mean, just myself creating this podcast has been um, hugely eye-opening, one with the tech side, but also um, kind of my creative thinking mm. and using skills and developing skills that I, I wouldn't have necessarily used or have thought about using in the past. Um, so how how do we kind of help teachers in, in developing digital literacy skills? I've been thinking of, of my own skills. I've, I've very much turned to YouTube quite a lot. I mean, if I'm trying to learn something new in Photoshop or I'm trying to sort of find a new technique for, for a video on my YouTube channel, and it's, it's looking for guides and tutorials on YouTube in the first place. I mean, I like to watch a video demo so I can kind of see what to do and, and I can follow along. Um, the beauty of things like YouTube is you can put it on a little bit faster and watch it at sort of twice speed or one and a half speed so you don't have to watch it in real time. You can go through a bit quick and skip to the skip to the mm -hmm. useful stuff yeah <laughs> and i mean the internet is basically a hive mind i mean i love the fact that every single sort of thing is out there you can find old manuals for bits of software and bits of, of kit that maybe have got lost it's normally out there on the on the internet somewhere you can guarantee if you're stuck on something or there's a, an error message that your computer pops up with you know error type 471 what does that mean? If you if you <laughs> yeah. Google that, just the exact phrase, you know someone will have produced a guide or a video or a, or a help sheet to kind of explain how to fix it. And having the confidence that you know how to look for it out there, I think, is quite an important skill. Also, I mean, social media. I mean, I follow uh, lots of teachers on, on Twitter, and there's quite a few good sort of teacher hashtags that I follow. So... Um, if you, you find teachers showing what works well for them, it's a, it's a good place to start. There's some good teacher groups on Facebook as well, which I follow into, and um, they share hints and tips and things they found out on websites they found useful and stuff like that. Um, I mean, also, I mean, they've been 
curtailed by by lockdowns and hopefully they'll style up again but events like teach meets and brew eds and these other sort of on these other sort of teacher gatherings which have moved online and hopefully they've moved back to to meeting in person soon i mean they've been pretty good at the ways of learning from other teachers i've, I've loved teach meets over the last sort of 10 years or so we get together and share good practice and share good stuff so hopefully i mean they're online at the moment if you look for these things you'll find them but hopefully they'll be back online back to um to meeting pro, uh, physically in a room uh, as soon as we can hopefully yeah, I think kind of the the hope is everyone to get back to kind of meeting everyone uh, physically again. Um, but I, I don't think that all this this technology and the skills that uh, kind of everyone has gained over the last year or so will will go away um, that quickly. I think people have kind of embraced uh, digital technology and and will continue to use it. Um, I know. I yeah, will, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I, I know. Sort of. I mean, I'm I'm now coming up to one year of of teaching on Zoom with my my student teachers, and and um, I know down the line, I think some things actually have have been a problem to teach on on Zoom. It would be nice to teach in a room, mm. but at certain times we want to just get them together for for half an hour or an hour and have a quick chat about a certain topic area. To be able to do that without getting them to drive all the way across town or you know across the county, yeah. parking, blah blah blah. You can have short, snappy, sort of more impact meetings using this digital tech and I think you know the genius out the bottle now we all can see the benefits of it sometimes yes there's there's Mm -hmm. zoom fatigue and after four hours of zoom you're like oh but yeah I think the benefits in terms of of time saving and cutting out on travel and all those kind of things there is a benefit to sort of some of these meetings moving online I think we can see quite easily now how you can share stuff and share ideas and uh, collaborate and um, brainstorm without physically being in the same room you know it's, it's certainly out there now it's been fantastic. Um, so we spoke about teachers and developing their their literacy, their digital literacy skills. How do how do teachers help develop students' literacy, digital literacy skills? I mean, one of the, the first things is, is if you are using um, the internet for researching online, is encouraging the students to to be critical thinkers, to start to make judgments about the things they're reading um, and the material they're looking at. So, is it trustworthy? Is there an agenda? Obviously, fake news has, has become really big in the last few years and misinformation. So, it's trying to get them aware of that. And there there are good websites out there which you can use to model this. I I like using things. There's one about the tree octopus, and there's one called All About Explorers, which are set up to be fake, and it's asking the children to kind of think about the the, um, the resources and can you find information elsewhere which backs that up so multiple sources and making judgments about the information you receive is always quite good I think modeling how social media can be used um, so there are really good uh, websites like uh, Wakelet for collating uh, or curating resources and, and web links or brainstorming ideas in Padlet we're using these resources and, and modeling how they could be used uh, with the students mm-hmm. also just give them lots of opportunities for for exploring and practicing the tools so um I mean, you need to provide regular opportunities for for sort of writing normally but also think about the digital storytelling so can you in a science lesson make a podcast or make an animation or make a presentation rather than always being just go away and write it up um if the tools are out yeah. there and you can use them and not just reserve the computing lesson it's trying to get the the use of the technology across the curriculum so everyone's having a little go at using it and the skills are getting better and the um the the practice is, is is getting better and better trying to um get them to think about plagiarism copyright laws and so on so i like to explain about uh, creative commons resources and open source resources and how they work and how you should be crediting your sources and where you get the information from and, and so on and then also yeah teaching about manager online identity and their footprint so it's thinking about 
um, the things you do online, make them aware of, sort of situations where they, they need to be aware of that and, and how it has you know, affected other people. Stuff can be shared really fast, and once it's out there, it's hard yeah. to remove it. You know, the, the, the idea that the vanishing Snapchat image is, is fake, because someone can screen grab that quite easily. So it's being aware of how these things can get out there. And as a teacher, showing how the lockdown your profiles, changes sharing settings, and, and do a positive footprint where you're sharing good stuff rather than just always being negative on, on social media. Yeah, and it's, it's absolutely uh, kind of mesmerising seeing all of these kind of younger um, people kind of using all of these social media sites and, mm. and kind of getting their opinions and sharing their content. It's both scary, but also fantastic that they've embraced this technology. Oh, yeah. I mean, they've, they're running with it, you know, the, the text out there and... Yeah. The, the idea of them naturally using it maybe isn't quite so true. They've still had to learn, but they do mm-hmm. have a natural affinity for it. They just seem to pick it up quicker. There's the, the techno, the, you know, they're not scared of the, the technology. I think Eddie Izzard once talked about techno fear and techno joy. And us, yep. us old, us old people, a little <laughs> bit more techno fear. We might click the wrong button and wipe the internet and we're a little bit scared. We're children just click and click and click and see what happens. And I think they, they know they can't break it so easily. And so it's the exploring. Yes. Just see what this does. Click this button. What does that do? Okay, cool. And, you either learn don't there's always that's backup. right there's always backup 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 and if you, if it does something wrong undo um if you break if you break yeah. the internet fine you know you're never going to break the entire internet you might just mess up a file okay you can undo it most of the time yeah <laughs> and uh it it's it is just fantastic the amount of content that's available to kind of help and support uh, both teachers and students as well so do you have any kind of top tips or advice for our teachers listeners um around digital literacy before we yeah i mean i've a couple of top tips. I mean, the first thing I find, especially when, when dealing with teachers, they have this fear that they need to know more than their students. And I think number one tip is don't feel that you need to know more than them. Uh, they're going to pick ideas and run with it and probably go, go way beyond where you are. Um, and some might need more support than others. But then you'll have experts in the classroom. So as a teacher, you are got to know what the activities you want to do and the tool you want them to use. The students will then take that and run with it and they can peer teach each other and peer support. I mean, some schools use digital leaders to do this where the children become the, the coaches. They help the teachers and they help other students in the classroom with the tech. So don't feel you've got to be an expert. You've just got to have a, a basic grounding and, and the children, the students will, will run with that. Um, also, um, number two, is just, just start small and build up. Don't try and tackle uh, too many bits of software or hardware at the same time. Yeah. Build up your little toolkits of your go-to tools, maybe Audacity for audio or iMovie if you've got iPads, and get comfortable using mm-hmm. those ones first and then expand your range with a few other tools. But don't try and do 55 tools over the course of a week and <laughs> it all goes horribly wrong. Yeah. Pick, pick a couple, get happy with those, and then keep going back to those and, and add to it as, as you go through the through the year. And then my final tip, I go back to the social media, uh, using social media as a teacher to get ideas and help. You don't even need to tweet yourself. Um, you can just follow people and, and get ideas mm-hmm. and inspiration from them. So I get inspiration from Twitter, from Facebook, from YouTube, uh, Pinterest even, which is great for teachers. Um, there's hashtags on Twitter like UK EdChat and Primary Rocks and, and so on where you can follow the hashtags and just get ideas kind of trickling through. And so you don't need to post, don't have to worry about sharing stuff and, and you know, Yep. your own footprint you can just they call it lurking which sounds like a bad thing but i don't think it's a bad thing <laughs> yeah no lurking's good and just just soak up the content and make notes and, and uh, you know bookmark things and, and have a either a, a paddler or a, a wakelet where you 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 save the good things that you find and then later down the line you you've got those resources to use yeah, I mean, I use Pinterest uh, for IPLS professional development and the, the amount of pins that yeah. I've got for kind of resources and strategies, it's just, it's a, 
it's a useful kind of thing that I can access from my phone, yeah. from my palm. I can, I can be sat on the sofa, on the train, not necessarily on an aeroplane because you don't have Wi-Fi. Um, <laughs> I mean, I it wish could we could. Uh, I could try, yeah. Um, so yeah, just just anything and everything is, yeah, as you said, can be can be found kind I of mean, online Pinterest. Now. I mean, Pinterest is sort of, it's recipes and I think weddings yep. and interior design. <laughs> and then there's a big teacher community on Pinterest. And if you search mm-hmm. for you know, science teaching ideas or maths teaching ideas or primary teaching ideas, you'll suddenly find a little wealth of, of stuff being shared that you can pin yourself and reshare and then go back and look at later. I think it's, it is a, a fascinating little site. Which is more than what you yeah. think it is. I think you think it's the, the, the health, fashion, beauty thing, but this, this teachers yeah. again always like to subvert tools to be things that teachers <laughs> could use as well. And you'll find a massive community. A lot of Americans, but a lot of the UK teachers are getting involved as well there. Well, well thank you very much for your time That's and quite all right. your advice. It's been great to talk to you. So and you, thank, thank you. you. It's been great. If you would like to hear more from Danny, please visit our events and webinars page. A link is provided in the episode description where you can find the recording for the IPLS computing webinar that was held in July 2020, and where you can find all of the upcoming webinars. And as always, please follow, subscribe the podcast for further episodes. Mm -hmm.